Stuff's been tough. I, I literally got home and, uh, you know, both freezers are full of food, but they're, you know, now not working. Um, so, you know, there's two freezers that are full of garbage and, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of mess shit up in, 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 uh, in, in real life. So, you know, you can just call me, uh, shit up? yeah, I, fuck Wait it. It, Will? Wow. yeah, I know. Right. I, uh, I, I, I don't know for, for whatever reason, I just like got into a different energy and, uh, you know, everything just happened. Okay. How about you, Edge? How's your week been? My week's been pretty good. I've had friends come over, visit my, I saw my grandkids, my oldest son left his one position and he's now with another company and he's training right now. The youngest kid is in New York doing holidaying with all his university friends. And, yeah, I've got two more weeks until the cast comes off. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. You uh, getting that itchy feeling? Oh, my gosh. <sighs> I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I've got this little brush, and... Um, I'm literally sticking, like, lotion and scrub, scrub, scrub. Oh, my goodness. It is really bad. I can't wait to go get um, a pedicure. And, oh, yeah. You would have some pretty nasty toes by now, wouldn't you? Oh, I could fly down and catch my own food with these talons. I got a question for you, Ange. Um, when, does the, when does the calf, calf come off? The 18th. You know what? Yeah, my, I should be in Calgary on the 14th. I should come and pick yeah. up in front of your, you got stairs in front of your house? Yep. Because I want to help you down the fucking stairs after that bitch remark. That's a birthday present that I'd love to have. <laughs> When's your birthday? Oh, no, 14th. I would never do that. Have, have, oh, having, no. having suffered broken limbs myself, I would never do that. <laughs> J-Man, I hear you've got home for Christmas somewhat. No. I miss Christmas. Right. I miss Christmas. I said somewhat. I got home on, the, on New Year's Eve. And then you celebrated Christmas on New Year's Day, right? Uh, yeah, I got some wicked, wicked, uh, wicked, wicked presents. I got 32-inch TV. Oh, finally, oh, you're going to be truck. watching some Netflix on the road. No more squinting to watch porn in my phone. <laughs> no, there you go. 
but I think they were mentally uh, handicapped. I really do, because uh, they uh, they uh, put things so backwards here. Uh, like for instance, you've got the reverse, the neutral, and the drive as buttons below the radio. Now, on the steering wheel, this is what makes it real interesting. You've got a horn on the bottom of the steering wheel, and naturally, when you drive, your hand just goes to the bottom of the steering wheel. You're gripping, and guess what? You're honking the horn at every time I make a turn. I'm, people are just going, why are you honking the horn at me? So I probably honked the horn probably over 20 times in the last three days for just needless things, just the fact that my hand just touches the horn. Stupid. All the controls, all the controls are on the steering wheel in the middle, and you've got to be Japanese to read this stuff. It's just crazy. And then the wipers, if you want to make something even more weird, the wipers usually are traditionally on a certain uh, height on the steering wheel, below the steering wheel, and they aren't. They are actually below the steering wheel, so you literally got to take your right hand and flip them up and down, and then your signal lights, which you would think your signal lights would be on the appropriate side, they're not either. So like one guy explained, a Volvo, all the instruments are backwards. So I never thought, you never thought I'd hear this from me. I actually miss Bumpy. So... Um, I'm not saying I'm going to be in Bumpy permanently because they're looking at maybe getting me a new truck when I get back to Calgary, which should be before the weekend's out. But I do have to say I do miss uh, Bumpy in the regards that I know where everything is. So, I mean, gosh, just finding a light switch. you got to go actually into the sleeper, into the middle of the, of the sleeper, reach down, and it's like lower. It's, it's just the craziest thing. I don't know invented this. So that's been my week. Um, basically just kind of visiting the granddaughter, uh, brought her some Christmas presents and um, made her Christmas. And uh, she, of course, spent lots of time with her bandit. Those two are just two peas in a pod and uh, having some wonderful suppers my uh, stepdaughter made as well. So thank you, Keel. Wow, Brian, I'm going to segue right into mine, okay, because I feel that the truck that you're driving right now, the Volvo, compared to Bumpy, is so different that it's almost dangerous. Would you not think that's dangerous? Because I have driven... That's that's kind of a two-sided question, because I don't like the radar on it. Uh, My wife was talking to me today, and she said, what is that going on? And I said, oh, that's the radar. It's, you know, I'm I'm four or five trucks in front uh, of another car, and it's going off. So, um, And then uh, she said, well, what's that other noise? It's off the lane assist. She said, that one makes a real different weird noise. I said, oh, yeah. I so, you know, I'm not a big fan of radar on these trucks. They aren't safe, Ange. Uh, ab- absolutely not. Especially no. if you have a 50% brake application, which could have be on snow and ice. So uh, enough said about that. You know, things will carry on, and uh, I'll be glad to get back into Bumpy temporarily until I get a new truck. I'm definitely getting a new truck in 2023, and I can almost guarantee it'll be in the next two to three months. That's fantastic. Um, okay, so when I drive one of our vehicles in the, you know, wherever, and then I flip to another vehicle, it is, you know, your your hand, if you drive one vehicle for so much, it's just, what is the word when, you know, you don't even have to think about it. It is just, you know, muscle memory. You know where everything is. And so when you are in a new vehicle, you know, you're you're on guard. And that's, you know what? that's actually like, quite stressful. 
it's like trucking in Montreal, Quebec. That's what it's like, okay, where you see the signs on the weird side of the road. You've got the merges that are coming off on your left side as opposed to right. Uh, we're all creatures of habit, and we, we know yeah. where everything is when we're used to things. But when we're put in a situation, and I've been in this truck now for three days, uh, you just feel like a fish completely out of the water. And uh, you just wonder when, you know, the water's going to start to break and you're going to be able to send the water again. And um, hopefully tomorrow night I'll be back in Bumpy. I think I'm going to make the process after the podcast and start transferring stuff into the truck. So at least uh, I'll uh, feel a little more um, home every time I go back into it. So, so let's get into the topics tonight. I know, Jay, you've got a great topic. Uh, we lost the, one of the great Barbara Walters, and I yes, know Jay's going to be talking about that topic. Uh, and what are your topics tonight? Well, I wanted to actually talk about uh, truck drivers and medical problems and and such. And Good. you know Good what? Topic. It was my only subject. Yeah, it was my only subject. And being that you know my husband is a truck driver, he does different work from you guys. He his is hands on. Like he's hand bombing everything off his truck. And when he comes home and he tells me twenty six thousand pounds, yuck. More more power to the guy. I, 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 I remember that. I remember those days. Yeah, that's what I that's, oh, I what, that's what I used to do with chains and boomers and stuff. Yeah. 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 And he had a rough because he ended up with a, a trailer that was a hand me down from Edmonton and their um slide out uh ramp go oh. anywhere but they don't stay in place. And so thank God for steel toe boots because it slammed down a few times and there was a few times where he slid down and he goes you know, like he replaces his boots every um, three times a year. His boots are like three hundred and some dollars. And this last week, he's been sliding down these the, these ramps that are like these graders. He goes, "I am losing my boots." He goes, "I am scared. I'm going to be right at socks soon." So, um, I wanted to talk about you know things that are dangerous for truck drivers. Yes, the in town the delivery guys right down to talking about the guy's long haul and how, um, well, well, we talked about this, you know, majority of long haulers are, um, they have weight problems due to having, um, you know, not very good food choices, not just because of food choices, but because sometimes that's all they have to, right? Right. Right, last week, you know, like the hot dog. <laughs> one, well, I, I, I do have, to, I do have to interrupt. I do have to interrupt because the old adage was the microwave was the only thing in your truck. And I'm, Jay and I can attest that we eat way better now than we have in any of our, our previous trucking career because we have that thing called the Instapot and the air fryer. And it has changed my life. And I know it's changed Jay's dramatically because you can eat a good meal and you don't have definitely, to. Definitely, definitely. Like I was telling uh, my husband about how Shannon always posts her pictures and stuff. And I'm like, Shannon has this really cool air fryer. We should look into getting that air fryer. We have two air fryers in this house. And one of them, I am going to be doing a deep clean. So if someone wants a big boss air fryer, you let me know. You can have it. Just You have to come by and grab it. Um, but, uh, you know, yes, 
when he was long hauling, he did live off of the microwave and he had his coffee maker and everything else. Uh, before he would leave, I would chop up lettuce, or not lettuce, uh, celery and carrots and everything else and put it in salt water in containers. And then it would be just jammed right into his fridge. And then, you know, he would at least have, you know, vegetables and stuff like that. Like, if he ate yeah. it, great. If he didn't, well, he, he threw it out in some truck stop, whatever. But the point is, is that there are a lot of truck drivers, the old guys, that they don't think like that. They they go home and, you know, if they have wives or, you know, other people in their lives, you know, they might not be making good, good choices either. So, you know, I see way too many truck drivers, long haulers, um, being that I worked in an office, you know, and I'd see them coming in and they were just not eating healthy. But that's just one of the things that uh, is a truck driver medical problem. One is depression and isolation like you guys thank god for phones can you imagine 25 years ago you'd have used to be radio and everything else but really you know reaching out and talking to whoever you you know it was just not and now you know at least you have connections with people well which is great yeah but the camaraderie was different okay? the cb is it was. Bitch, it's just a bitch tool now okay and um like Back then, it was a conversation. So times changed, technology changed, and unfortunately, trucking in that aspect changed as well, and not for the better. Might I add, the uh, one of the leading causes of depression is actually social media in the first place. Like before, social media even became a factor in anyone's life. Uh, uh, Brian's got a point um, because, like, on the CB radio. Um, everyone had their, their, their tags, you know, and, and they could like joke around and whatever. But ever since social media has, has come to fruition, like we are made to feel lesser of a human if we have less likes on a picture or if we don't have like, uh, like uh, more than 100 friends on Facebook or if those 100 friends on Facebook don't even message us, right? Like, like we, we, like we, right. we, we kind of have to go de- back to the, source of this because um without social media we, we we really wouldn't feel the need for a acceptance and and be you know friendships over facebook like all the friendships especially in trucking right revolved around uh trucking and and, and those things right because like truckers work all the time this is like they don't have time to go to the bars and meet people right but um i also feel like like uh, to tie into that, social media is is so addicting that that we will literally spend um, at least forty percent of our day on it, and and then we find ourselves like sad and depressed for no reason at all. And it's you, you know it, it's those people. If we would like rewind fifty years ago, those those are the same people who would be out at the parks, you know, uh, playing soccer with other friends or you know. You know what? We should call Facebook a new name. Think, because truly, a lot of what you see on it is exactly that. Because, you know, like you were talking about the friends. In reality, you really only have about, I'm going to say, about maybe 30 friends that will, you know, have your back. Everybody else are keyboards, uh, you know, keyboard warriors. Uh, people that are just putting things up. I see it all the time. I see it all the time. Yeah. I put our posts on our podcast, getting people to listen. 
I don't get one f***ing comment. Okay, well, God, I'm sorry. This pisses me off. Yeah. Because you know what? They want to go listen to our podcast, not once. And you know what? You guys are missing so much. So I encourage all you truckers to talk to every trucker out there about Highway Freaks. Because this is the Truckers Podcast that is changing what Truckers Podcasts are about. I guarantee it. Yeah. And, and think about this, right? Like, so. like social media... Is, is is now at a point where it, it like like people pay for shit they can't afford to impress people they don't need to and and if you think about it people like mark zuckerberg and you know bill gates and all them you, you don't ever see them wear gucci prada whatever gucci Prada, all that stuff was just meant to, to make uh poor people feel rich you know what i mean so like we, we also got this other side to to like the the depression that revolves around facebook and yes i i do believe that uh the truckers um the ones that are depressed right now should be reaching out you know the thing is though the people that are that are not truckers and they're not long haulers they they're not reaching out they're not socializing and they can't whereas a trucker he is in his truck he's got to make miles that's it the problem i see and it hasn't changed it hasn't changed um but one thing that that always drove me, and it's not, I'm, I'm not picking on every trucker, um, but we all know the group, the trucker that's better than everybody else, making millions, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you, you know, you're trying to have a conversation with the guy, and the guy, you know, you should have your waders on because the bullshit's getting deep and you might get stuck. Um, oh, yeah. And, you, you know, and you, you get to a point where, you know, fuck it, I'll stay in my truck, watch TV. You don't want to socialize anymore because you get so sick and tired of the horseshit. Yeah. You know, and I mean, like, there's a lot of great guys out there, but you always seem to run into that one village idiot, you know, and it just ruins it for you. You don't want to go, you just don't want to socialize anymore. You just get tired of it. You know, the guy's telling you that he's making this and that, you know, buddy, I'm in the same industry, I do the same job, I know what you're fucking making. You need to impress yep. me. What the fuck is the matter with you? Right. You, know, you really got to haul ass to make you a good living log hauling. I mean, I a very. I'll give you a good. I'll give you an excellent example. I was sitting at six thousand miles in the second week of November, yeah. and I ended up with ninety-eight hundred miles, and that works out to about three thousand miles a week with nine days down. Thank you, Bumpy. Okay, but I kicked ass. Because, you know what, I, I, I knew that if I didn't, because when you're getting paid by the mile, you get paid by the week. You're not going to have a great paycheck. It's 500 miles. So, yep, exactly. You know, and that's why I've always stated, you know, it should be uh, a flat rate, 11, or, you know, your hourly rate, flat rate. You know? U.S. rates are good, but the Canadian rates suck. Let's well, Canadian it. rates, Canadian okay. rates, Canadian rates have always been piss poor. So let's get on another topic, okay, and the idea of time. We also got Santa coming on from a beach yes, in Cuba, and Jay's going to interview him, and oh my God, that's an interview you do not want to miss. So, Jay, why don't you tell us about Barbara Walters? Now, everybody knows who Barbara Walters is. Like, um, I'm pretty sure, well, my daughter, she's uh, 14 years old, she knows who Barbara Walters is. Um, she was a legend in the media. I mean, she was the reporter. She uh, she opened so many doors for women um, in in the uh, uh, what the hell do you call that? Um, the press. 
started. Like, she was born in 1929, and sadly, we lost her on the 30th of December. But she started in 1951 as a uh, a journalist, sort of. Um, Not really big. She uh, did little things. She was mostly, she did a, she actually did a, uh, she wrote a show for uh, kids in 1951. And by 1953, she was doing her own reporting, you know, and which was, I think, back in those days, the only other woman that was really predominant in the um, on ABC and NBC was uh, the great uh, Dorothy Kilcannon, um, who opened doors for women like Barbara uh, Wall. But um, she also came from a fairly wealthy family. Her father was a nightclub, so that's where the celebrity. She was always around celebrities, so she didn't really get ooh and all. She was always around from a very young age. And she interviewed the who's who of celebrities. I mean, you know, Cary Grant, John Wayne, uh, um, what was his name, Fidel Castro, uh, Ronald Reagan. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, she, uh, I got to ask her, did she ever, I got to just interject for a minute. Do you uh, know if she interviewed Elvis? No, she did not. She did not. But I do know that she did. Um, I tried to find an interview of her with Elvis. Um, I couldn't find one. Um, But I do know that there's a really, really good interview between Barbara Walters and uh, Priscilla Presley. And I believe there's one with uh, Elvis' daughter. Um, Lisa Marie. You know, she was married, like, I think four times. Quite, uh, twice to the same guy. <laughs> so there you go. Even, even smart people make mistakes, right? You know, it only took me one to learn my lesson. But uh, it's really funny. The, one of the most famous interviews, she, she did two really famous interviews. Uh, one was John Wayne. And uh, John Wayne would pass away not too long after the interview. But she did do it. I, I had to write this one down because it really made me chuckle. Um, Catherine Hepburn. Everybody knows who Catherine Hepburn. She was a real tough, tough old bird. Like she was a tough old. And anyway, uh, uh, Barbara Walters worked for I believe two or three years trying to get an, an interview with her, and uh, Catherine Hepburn wouldn't do it. And uh, so anyway, finally, finally Catherine Hepburn agreed to do the interview. So um, Barbara Walters agreed to meet her at her at her house, and uh, of course. As luck would have it, Barbara Walton Lee. This is about 1977, 78-ish. And anyway, the butler lets, lets Barbara Walters in, and she walks in, and, and uh, uh, Catherine Hepburn is standing at the, at, at the uh, walk the stairs, and she bellers down, you're late. Did you bring chocolate? From that day forward, <laughs> Barbara Walters, at every interview she did, she brought a box of chocolate. But she asked a question. Because um, Barbara Walters was always asking out-to-lunch questions, like mostly just to catch uh, these people off guard. Well, she asked, and this, this has been following, probably followed her right up until the day she passed away. She asked Catherine Hepburn, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? And uh, without even missing, without even missing a step, um, she said an oak and. Uh, Barbara Walters wasn't really kind of expecting that, and she said, well, 
why why an oak? And she said, I'm not an elm tree. She says, oak trees don't get much on this. And they were friends. They were friends uh, up until Catherine Pepper's uh, passing. But, like, she did 2020. Um, she did that for, I think, 20 years. Um, then she retired, and then she came out of uh, retirement with the idea of a new show, and that show was The View. And she stayed with that up until she died. She she passed away, and she was still doing guest, guest appearances on The View. But The View went in a direction that, that she really didn't like the way it was. Like she, she liked the people on the show. She didn't like the way um, it went one-sided. So she kind of stepped back. And uh, that was in 2017. Oh, she just had a, a remarkable life. Uh, like, you name it, this, this lady did it. Um, she was the first female to um, interview Castro. And she had them laughing. And they were. After, she said she had a good time. She really enjoyed the interview. And we all know Castro. Hated as a hateful dictator it was. But, uh, you know, she she interviewed, you know, the sheets and uh, all these. Uh, she even interviewed Ricky Martin. And, you know, she was... She she was just the who's who. She you named there will never be another. Um, um, she was she opened the doors for for women like uh, Diane Sawyer. Um, Diane Diane Sawyer. If it wasn't for Barbara Walters, there would be no Diane Sawyer. Um, and I mean, there's it was just such a, a massive loss to uh, to that field. She was. Uh, I mean, I used to watch her specials all the time. Um, uh, she was just. I just they were just entertaining. Um, like she, she asked, uh, right out of the blue, I, I, I remember you can watch it on YouTube. It's on, uh, um, she asked John Wayne and like John Wayne towered over her. Like she's just a little thing. And John, what she asked John Wayne kind of, uh, and John Wayne wasn't expecting the question. He said, she just said, uh, do you like to drink? Everybody knows John Wayne was a drinker. And he's like, oh yeah, I love it. I just love it. Um, and and she says, uh, do you like women? And John Wayne just said, without missing a beat, he said, I love women. They scare the hell out of me. And uh, they actually, I don't, I, I think you can still see the edit. They had to, they had to uh, cut it because he had her laughing so hard at the answer. She wasn't expecting that. She was expecting some BS Hollywood uh, tough guy answer. Uh, you know, here's here's John Wayne, this big masculine tough guy on screen, and he's scared of women. <laughs> but yeah, we lost a good one. We really did. It's a goddamn shame because she was something else. So did uh, Barbara Walters ever do a cameo in a movie? That you know of? She did many. She did lots of cameos. Um, okay. Mo- mostly, um, mostly she did. Um, uh, uh, cameos and kids show for um, this. Wow. Okay. I never cool. seen any of them, and I don't know the names of. Them, but uh, it, it was listed that she did uh, sixty cameos in her career. That's that's amazing. Yes. Yeah. That that would be Barbara. Um, a, a, a lot. A lot of the cameos that she did, she didn't even show up for. They were clips taken. And and, and you remember the. Do you remember the satire that uh, Gilda Radner did oh, with yeah. Barbara Walters yeah. back in Saturday Night Live? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Um, Barbara Walters oh, actually, actually um, 
thoroughly enjoyed that. She she actually uh, wrote Gilda Radner, congratulating her on on. And then there was Sherry O'Terry. She did Barbara Sherry O'Terry. Well. Yeah, but I mean a really good version. But I mean nothing. Nobody beat uh, on Saturday Night Live. Nobody beat uh, Rosanna Rosanna Dan. Right. You know. Right. I mean, come on. I mean Gilda Radner. You know, she was awesome, and that 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 uh, that little uh, skit she did on Barbara Walters was just. I mean, she, but I mean, she's been on tons of Disney cartoons. Uh, DuckTales, um, Darkwing Duck. Yes, I watch all this. Oh, what was the other one? <laughs> Shut up. I like her. No, I could sing the song to Tailspin. Tailspin, oh yeah, 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 yeah. She wasn't on that one, though. I am the terror that flops in the night. Darkwing Duck. Yeah, as usual, Jay has nailed it again with his yeah. biography. Excellent job. Thank Excellent you, job. Thank you, and with that, we'll take a break. Okay, so we're back, and I know, Will, you have got some explosive news regarding the royal family. So tell us about it. Yeah, so this is this is regarding... Prince Charles and his illegitimate son. And his illegitimate son's name is Simon Charles Dorante Day. And you wouldn't believe um, half of the shit coming out of here, man. Like, um, so Simon himself didn't want this public. He um, he actually tried to hide it. And it was, you know, uh, a source at one of the newspapers that had leaked his articles. Now, he has made headlines again uh, explaining this, right? But um, what the media tends to leave out is, you know, people say, oh, you look nothing like Prince Charles and stuff. But see, there's, um, there's still some, uh, like, like when you take an AI up to the faces, it, there's, there's clear resemblance. And here's, here's something disturbing that you, may, you guys may not know. And that is that the royal family actually forced Simon Charles Durante Day to get plastic surgery so that he didn't resemble the royal family at all. And Prince Charles, it's, uh, he has a couple of illegitimate children out there. Um, I can't wait till all of them come out. But, y you know, um, y y you know, th th there is a reason why this was hidden, right? And... Um, it's, uh, you, you know, if, 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 if word would have got out, um, how crappy things were, um, I don't think everyone would be, you know, so gaga over the Royals. Um, not only have they been involved in a couple of weird things, but, you know, you, you get people in the Royal family, they're like, hey man, you know, um, I, 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 I did you know, uh, create this child. And now I want to try and hide the child as much as possible from the public eye. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it's not, well, I mean, life's life, right? Um, what's going to happen is going to happen, you know, and this, this happened, uh, to be, you know, releasing to the public and of no fault of, um, you know, Simon. Uh, or, so who was the unlucky woman that Charles, uh, King Charles, uh, did this, Okay, so um, this might come as a uh, as a bit of a a shocker, but uh, can you just guess who who the mother of 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 this guy would be? 
Any guesses? Oh, I'm going to take a wild Camilla. 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 <laughs> yes. So, Camilla. yeah. Oh, yeah. that would be one but ugly kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, there's 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 a couple of other things that 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 are yet to be leaked. Um and you, you know No wonder he got a facelift. <laughs> well, <laughs> you you know, um yeah, it's 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 a very very weird story when when, when when you dig into it, because you, you know you, you, when you when you start to really dig in, you start to find out how hard they tried to hide this guy, and um, like there's databases that that he's already done, you, you know, um, check for genetics and stuff, and you know the the new the the media is holding out on that too. Um, there's uh. And yes, his middle name is Charles. Yep, it sure is. Yep. <laughs> It's 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 a it's a really uh, it, it's a real big conundrum because uh, you know Simon Charles Durante Day is uh, is it, it, he's just opening up a, a, another like another door man there's there's already been so many that have been opened up on the Royals that this actually just doesn't really surprise me anymore. He's a royal bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, that poses that poses a little bit of an issue because um, wouldn't that change who's next in line to be king? Yes. That would be, but, but could, sheet, could, could you imagine, right, a, a, a royal giving giving birth to a bastard child? I don't think that would uh, really, you know, fly too well. Oh, well, I don't have much use for any of them. Yeah, I don't either. As far as, as, far as I'm concerned, they're just the world's richest welfare bums. Yeah. Oh really? What do they do? What are they good for, other than taking up fucking space? Right. Yeah, it's um, no. it's uh, and Prince Harry and that fucking thing that he married. You know, I don't. We don't want to be in the limelight. We just want to live quietly and every and everything else. So you know, in well, order to keep uh, you know, you, out of the public eye, we're gonna go into the public eye. Well, did, did you see uh, the documentary on it? it like, I um, I wouldn't. Prince, like, like, well, okay, so, you know what, I'm just going to be blunt about this and, and just be straight out with this. Harry found out that his family was part of um, an elite pedophile ring, and this is why he left, because he didn't feel that his child should be raised in, in, in that environment. And I, I, for anyone who hasn't watched the documentary, I, I would highly encourage it, because it would open your eyes to who these royals actually are. And what they actually his, control. It wasn't, it wasn't his family. It was his uncle Andrew. Okay? Uh, uh, and no, actually, according to uh, according to the to Epstein's flight log, there was about four uh, four people in the royal family that were actually in there. So you know, it's uh, I don't I know I I know Charles. Charles uh, so yeah. Um, Charles. 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 Also, also guys. Okay. I just want to say this. Okay, um, Harry's actually set to rake in more than $43 million for a tell-all book, uh, yeah. which he's going to talk about his time as a royal uh, after this reality show. Yeah. Wow. He's still a royal. As long as he stays. Royal. As long royal what? As long as the useless little pimple stays in a Commonwealth country, he will receive his allowance. That is why... He has houses in Australia and uh, other Commonwealth countries like Canada 
so he will maintain his allowance because that useless whiny little fucking wealth. Um, is he useless to get a job? Okay, but you know what? We all want to know. Tom Brady's newest, hottest squeeze, Veronica Rachak, seen at a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. We all want to know about that. We do. That's more interesting. <laughs> like she, she's not married to what's her name? Her name is Veronica Rajak, and she was attending a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game against the Raiders, in which Brady pulled out one of his best performances, and I think he did it for her, quite frankly. Yeah. Is she is she uh, is she um, older or younger than uh, his ex? Than Giselle? Younger. Oh yeah, they're they're, they're married. For, they're get they're together for love. They couldn't oh yeah, couldn't be the money. Couldn't be the money. Couldn't be the money. She's pretty, she's pretty smoking. Check her out in on Instagram. Oh, I don't I don't I don't doubt it. And that brings me to Zuckerberg. I mean, even even Trudeau's old lady isn't bad. Okay, millionaire. I mean, I wouldn't date her, but just me. Um. You got Trump, billionaire, holier than a mud fence. Look at his wife. Her babe. She's rented. Drop dead gorgeous. She's rented, bro. A babe. It's a fucking escort. It doesn't matter, man. Who cares? She's a babe. She is a babe. Okay? You look at all these other billionaires. Babes. You look at Loompa Loompa. You look at Zuckerberg. He walks in with a thing on a collar. It's all cold. I'm not a small guy. I'm, you know, I probably pushed 280 at 6'3", 
and he's 80 pounds, and he pulled three times his weight within a very short span. I did a complete somersault. I, I'm telling you, I, I saw stars when I woke up. It was like, holy crap, man. And I was still holding him, and he was still just pulling. He's let's go, Dad. Let's go. This is so much fun. Let's go. This is fun. You know, that's the one thing I do miss about my, my job where I worked in a trucking company. The long haulers would come in, and their, their dogs fly across the room to my office because I used to bring in dog treats, and those dogs, they knew, and they would be flying across and just loving on me, but also I had like a handful of treats for them, but oh, I loved it. I missed that. There is no more powerful dog than I've ever met than Bandit, I can tell you that. And, and I do agree with you about some of the issues we have. Lots of falls, lots of slips in probably the last 27 years of my career. I know, Jay, you've had some pretty serious doozies. Uh, you told me a few of them. Yeah. Um, I know my husband, he's um, gone to open up the back of his truck and his wheeler fell out, whacked him in the head. He ended up with seven stitches, but he didn't want to go to the, you know, the clinic or the hospital or whatever, urgent care to get it done. So he called me and I had to drive across the city and he goes, bring water and rags and a Band-Aid. I was like, what? So I drove across the city and when I got there, I went in the back in his trailer and he was covered and I cleaned him up and I'm like, I can't, this is not a band-aid situation. This is stitches. So this man has had so many stitches, banging his head, slipping and falling. He broke his leg. He's hurt both shoulders. He, he's so banged up. I hope yeah. he retires. Too. It's, it is one of the <laughs> occupational hazards of this job. Probably the worst yeah. is falling out of the truck. I know Jay has fallen out of the truck forward. Uh, I have fallen out of the truck backwards. That's probably oh. the worst that you can get is when you get out of the truck. You, that that, that uh, so three-point stand. You lost a friend from falling out of the truck and banging his head, did you not? Actually, I could clarify that. He had a heart attack. So, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. At the time, so, we thought it was a fall, but it, the, the fall well, did not contribute to the heart attack. Johnny was dead when he hit the ground. It was actually due to the fact that he is, uh, was a diabetic and uh, he just had a very poor diet that uh, he ate a lot of fast food and greasy food. And, oh. um, it's just one of those unfortunate things. But, yeah, uh, I'm glad I clarified that. Well, yeah. I yeah. mean, one of the, but I know the that things that I've noticed that you're going to really most accidents, if you're going to have one, it's going to happen at a fuel line. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. People swap diesel all over the market. Yeah, that's the worst. Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely and the worst. I got hurt. I was in Texas. I just finished loading pipe. And I was heading to Edmonton. And I was uh, cleaning the uh, the crickets off my windshield. You know, the Texas crickets. And yeah. I I had diesel on my boots. That I didn't even know I was walking in diesel. It was so dark. And I slipped on the tire, and I fell off the truck backwards, and I karate chopped the cement island and busted my hand. And, of course, it was my shifting hand. And I drove from Texas to Edmonton. I had to get the guys to come out and help me unstrap and roll my straps up. And then I deadheaded from Edmonton back to uh, Kelowna, and then went to Austin. Well, I know know Will's mom. I know this for a fact, 
that she broke her hand and from a fall in California, and she drove all the way from California to Calgary with a broken oh, yeah. hand. Wasn't that right, Will? Well, yeah, um, you, you actually bring up a good point. She uh, actually is fully pinned from the top of her neck to the bottom of her back. And her and I suffer from the, the, the same condition, which is bulging and hernias. But uh, mom ended up getting uh, surgery. And I'm going to uh, actually, you know, what? I'm going to use this chance to tell everybody this. If you are thinking about having back surgery, uh, please hold out. I know it may be painful, but you need to hold out because... What they do is they, after they put the pins in, it, it like like it's no different than than an arm and whatever, right? So they just drill the pins in through the 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 spine, and eventually they end up breaking. And and because you know some portions are are pinned, other portions have to make up for that load. So it's it, it's a never ending like injury. But yeah, um, my, my my mom, man, she's she she literally broke her foot, uh, and fell off. In the same day, and fell off a truck, and and then oh. still still drove from California to Calgary, um, and I, I I believe that fall actually cracked her collarbone. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. There there, there there's a lot of injuries. Give her that. Yeah, there's a lot of injuries with trucking, right? And like in, inevitably, that did her in. That that did her career in, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Actually, you, you do have a point because uh, she went from. Truck driver to office worker. Yep, yep. That's uh, that's. But you know what happens. The best, the best. Well, I don't know. Like, but aren't the best dispatchers are are ex drivers? Because they understand. Yep. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. And and CJ has a point Sometimes, too because yeah. here's the thing: just because you're a driver for so many years, ten years, you you can literally do the wrong thing for ten years and make money, right? It, it it just depends on like how good of a like if they made their loads and their experiences how they handled it you you know the, the, I mean yeah you do you do have a good point uh, the, uh, truck drivers would make the best dispatchers but uh, good good truck drivers because there's a lot of idiots out there. Yep. Well, the thing you about the fire. Now, well, you have another update to talk about about Sam Bakeman. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Sam, uh, Bankman fried, but, uh, fried. yeah, okay. so he, um, as I stated previously, he, he, he got actually a $250 million, uh, bail. So he's out right now, but his inner circles, um, see the, the, what these, um, CEOs and, and whatever do, and, and it pisses people off, but it's totally legal. What they do is they create an LLC, like a business. And then they, they, they just funnel, you know, trust funds through there and whatever. And, and, and even if they get sued, they don't get sued. Only their company does, which means that they can turn around and make another company again. And this is basically what Sam has done. So um, Sam probably won't be re receiving uh, that much punishment. I mean, he, he just got a $250 million bailout. Come on now. Um, but his inner circle is uh, highly involved in, in, in all of this, right? So... Um, like, let's say, you know, and, and, and this is just to give a comparison, right? Let's say, you know, uh, Bry guy, you, you know, he, he, he wants to open up a company, right? But he says, Hey, J Hey, J man, uh, you want to do me a favor and put this company under your name. And then you, 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 you know, um, then Bry guy comes in and says, Hey, now that we have a company, let's, uh, let's put everyone on a life insurance policy. 
okay, which which will give everyone a uh, million dollars a piece or whatever. And then let's take a loan because you don't get taxed on that and pay everybody off with the loan. So uh, everyone knows that as long as you pay a loan off, you don't have to pay interest. This is how the rich get rich, okay? And this is exactly what Stan Bankman-Fried has done. So um, the like like no one's ever gonna truly get uh, justice from from this case. It, like I hate to say it, but everything was done pretty smart. Money talks, bullshit walks. Right. You have money, you can do things. This is what I. This is why I always laugh at people that go, "Oh, we don't have no money. We can live on our love." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Love tastes really good. Oh man, you yeah, know what? We'll see, we'll see how far that gets you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, really a couple really people pop in mind love. for me, and I, I think one of those, uh, or uh, at least a couple of those people, are the same for you, Brian. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, m money can't buy in everything, but it sure does pay fucking bills. <laughs> there you go. You know what? You know, it may not buy happiness, but I'd rather be this depressed in a fucking Mercedes than on a. Yeah, yeah. There right? you go. Well said. <laughs> you want to tell yeah. the freaks where you're going so we can all be envious? Uh, so, uh, the end of February, we're going to go um, to Florida. Now, Javi wants to go a little bit earlier because in, what is that race car thing? You know? Daytona. Daytona. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's happening. Yeah. Oh, Daytona. If you want to go to Daytona Beach and go to the race and everything else, I'm like, yeah. So, at Christmas, I tried to convince my brother-in-law, his brother, to go with him. Like, you guys go, like, three days ahead, and then I will fly out, you know, the weekend with uh, our daughter-in-law and our, our granddaughter, and we will, you know, the five of us could hang out for the week. Uh, we have a timeshare, so, you know, it's it's a two-bedroom. It, it would accommodate all of us, so we'll see. We will see. Oh, i got to tell you about timeshare nightmares on another podcast. Podcast. Oh my God! I've already had. I could write oh, the shares. book on. Yeah. Oh, if I could get out of it, I'd get out of it. But yes, I could. Our last trip was uh, last last. Well, not last November. So the, the November before that, it was a joke, a complete joke. Like I came completely unglued, and ended up getting free meals for the rest of the week. Well, I'll tell you what. Right here and now, as host of this podcast, I'm going to elect you to do a timeshare topic. So there you go. How's that, Ed? <laughs> right now? No, not right now. No, no, on another oh, topic, okay. on another podcast, like, you know, down the road, just before you leave. Oh. But I think that's something we should all find out about because a lot of people do not understand them, nor do they comprehend them. Don't do it. They will suck you in with a free breakfast. They will suck you in to go to Disney World, but don't do it. Just okay. well, don't do it. Hold your breath we on that. We had it for 20 years. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely get you on the timeshare topic. So uh, that's my job, and I get to elect you guys to come up with topics, just like Jay's the biography man. And I'm the numbers guy. And guess what? Before we get into the Santa interview, and it's good, I want to tell everybody out there about our amazing Angie. Now, you know, Jay's a five, 
Will's a nine. I'm a nine. Lisa, by the way, is a nine. That was quite mind-boggling when I found that out. And Angie is actually an eight. That's what Tell me is. what that means. You are the executive. Okay, your number one goal in life is to establish financial security. That's your number one goal in life. So, is that, are we hitting uh, the head on the nail so far? Away, one hundred percent. Okay, now you you are uh, not materialistic, but you like the freedom yeah. that comes from being financially stable. Okay? You yeah. don't like the fact that money can be so elusive, and because of this. There are actually more apes in all of the numbers who tend to be millionaires who never spend a penny of it. Isn't that crazy? Out of all the numbers, apes are the millionaires in life. So that's kind of interesting when you think. Uh, you have excellent executive abilities. And by the way, it's also the politician's number, uh, which means that you want control. They hope to use it in a positive difference in the world, but politicians unfortunately never do. Okay. Now, if a woman is an eight, well, the first thing she can do is she can get very upset when her husband says, I don't care about you or your children, okay, um, about his work, okay? Uh, you try to make things ha happy, and you achieve goals in life. You're a great provider for your family, okay? But you can get too caught up in the business world, and um, you must take time to give the people in your life personal, more personal attention, okay? Now, you have a dual nature, and why you have a dual nature is because if you think of an eight, and if you actually look at the eight, the numeral itself, one circle on top of the other, it means duality, okay? And it actually is interpreted as a symbol of degeneration, but it's also interpreted as a symbol of regeneration. When turned on its side, it becomes the symbol of infinity. Isn't that crazy, huh? So... Um, the eight life paths will sometimes have difficult times in life. They may experience sorrow and wind up in circumstances where they feel humiliated. Okay. A good example was Martha Stewart. She's an eight. So, you know, she worked hard, she amassed a great fortune, and then one move topples it all, and she makes a bad decision. It's always about money, money rather. And then what does she do? She bounces back, doesn't she? Because of what she's about, financial security, right? Very smart eight, Martha Stewart, okay? Um, you must be more tactful, okay? You tend to tell the truth about what you're thinking, uh, neglecting to edit your remarks for a larger audience. Uh, you will say something, and the other person will just respond with shock. And we've had an incident of that recently with Jay. <laughs> you just said something that just go, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> right, Jay? Right. Right. Okay. Uh, Can I touch your feelings, Jay? Who, me? I don't Can I touch your feelings? feelings? I don't have There you go. But, look, you... you I'm, not, I'm not one of those. I, I know what bathroom to use. Okay, fine. <laughs> Shut the f*** up. Okay. Now, <laughs> now eight, eight consider strife and struggle to be a normal part of life, but um, one thing that you will never get over is infidelity. If a partner cheats on you, that's it. That's it. You'll never get over it. You say you might get over it. You'll say, yeah, I'll try really hard, but you will never, never, never over. You'll never forget them. Simple. Okay. How, how are we hitting so far? The out of my head, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. 
my numbers now. I want to give you the hubby and the kids, and holy. Well, we'll do that later, okay? We only have 90 minutes on this podcast. We don't have 900, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Typical, 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 he's already getting bushy. No kidding, eh? So, um, but I do caution you about your health, okay? It's very easy for you to get hurt. (laughs) You must be always on the alert when driving, playing sports, or just walking around your home. You and the whole <laughs> <story>. <laughs> You fucking made that up. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Sitting here okay. in my lazy boy with three cushions on my captive leg. I'm just oh. telling it as it is, and So, uh, occupations for you would be a banker, stock market trader, accountant, office manager, engineer, or anything to do with business. You also make good corporate lawyers or judges. You might go into the field of wedding planning, interior decorating, or running nonprofit organizations. You are physically beautiful, so modeling and acting would be a common pursuit that you would try in your youth. Big business is natural for the eight, like running a network or a major publishing company. And if the life path eight has a three, six, or nine in their birth numbers, then their professions may lean toward the creative arts, perhaps in the areas of live performance. Okay, um, and somebody that is an eight, a very beautiful eight, I might add, Cindy Crawford. Okay, and um, she's an extremely successful businesswoman as well. So mm-hmm. that's you as the eight. So uh, now, as far as uh, getting together with other numbers, your natural match numbers, and we'll go into that, are two, four, and eight. Your compatible numbers are five in business and six, and your challenge number is a one, a three, a seven, and you're going to love this, Will, nine. I knew it. Yes. I knew it. That's why we're going to have so much fun clashing. Uh, Lisa, Will, and Bri, guy, will definitely clash with the eight executives. And Jay and I will be fine. We're fine. So, okay, i got to throw down some things here. One, the infinity. I am Métis, so that's our symbol. That's right. Wow. That's awesome. That's crazy. You know, um, I did modeling. I I actually modeled up until about 10 years ago. Doesn't surprise um, And I did a lot of acting because, hey, I was a private investigator. That's all about acting. Going undercover and everything else, that's all acting. Um, that And I worked as a, an office manager with a bunch of executive uh, engineers. And when I was in school, I took pre-law in university. Well, then I, I think uh, I think we nailed the eight, as you know. <laughs> I'm not so scared of me. All you nines, fear me. <laughs> oh, we're not scared of you. Not 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 one iota, are we? Will? Not me, bro. That's right. That's right. And, okay. So with that, we're going to be back to hear Santa Claus refuting Alfie Curly Shoes. Can't wait. There you go. Did you like that? That was good. Oh, are you blown away? I'm freaked out. Okay. Freaked out. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna get get the book. Get the book. I'll 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 text you the book, the cover. Okay. When it has your number, you can get it at you can get it at any bookstore, chapters. You can get it on Amazon. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal book. 
and it will blow you out of the water. That's why I said numbers do not lie. So on one of our other interviews, uh, we had Elfie Curly Shoes, and he wasn't really too happy. Uh, he was he was a pretty toxic character. And, uh, you know, uh, J-Man has, has went and, you know, um, got, got a hold of Santa, you know, and, and uh, now Santa wants to, you know, fire back. So uh, without further ado, uh, here is the interview. Well, trucker freaks, on our 13th visit, you might remember, I interviewed a very pissed off head elf, healthy curly shoes. So, as you may recall, he had lots to say against the red fuck, I mean, the red sack himself regarding the recent cutbacks at the North Pole. So, the Highway Freak Podcast Pro crew all agreed. We let we let Saint Nick have his say in regards to cutbacks. We have tracked God Whitebeard himself somewhere on the beach in Cuba. Hello, Santa, are you there? Welcome. Yeah, I am, Jake. Welcome to my trucker brothers, sisters out there. <laughs> so, Santa, what about all these abominable things Curly Shoes has accused you of? Absolutely no truth. No truth, Jake. <laughs> okay, it's Jay, man, or just Jay, by the way. No problem, Jay Rock. So here's what I have to say about that. Excuse me, Mr. Claus. Are you ready to order? Uh, yeah, just I would like the, uh, let me see, steak tartare with baked potato, sour cream, chives, and extra baking bits. How would you like your steak, though, Nick? It's rare and saucy like you, Vanna. You can crank my wheel anytime. <laughs> You're so bad. Such a dog. Oh, bring me a Caesar salad from an appy with a lobster bisque sputtered in butter. Mmm, and add a plate of those broiled Hawaiian veg. Yes, sir, Santa. <laughs> and what would you like to drink? Someday he was going to be healthy. 
Then you got all the naughty kids on my bad list, breaking good old Santa and those flipping cookies. You know it's like eating a thousand cookies one evening, huh? Well, that guy, I would think you might get a tummy ache from it. Stomachache my ass! It's when those little bastards put X likes the goddamn chocolate chip cookies. That pisses me off. <laughs> Every month, a 
Man for Highway Freaks, podcast number 16. This is you dumb son of a... Santa, keep it up. Keep it clean. See ya. Was that a great interview? Um, so we're going to go for a break, and when we are back, we're going to go to Fry Guy. He's going to talk about Jasper Stevenson again. Okay, so we're back, and um, last but not least is the continuing saga of the life of Jasper Stevenson, um, a guy I met over 20 years ago. I continue to tell his story uh, from a book called Temporary Satisfaction that I wrote on behalf of him, and this is Chapter 7, and it's called The Broken Kitchen Window Switch Keeper. <laughs> we used to play baseball, a great deal in our backyard, and as the sport dictates, hitting the ball. In our case, it was over our back fence into the mayor's backyard. We had great fun watching his son, Stodger, walk out wearing his hockey helmet, throwing the ball back over the fence to us. Eventually, the mayor himself figured out what we were doing and started keeping our baseballs. I was the pitcher on this memorable day, my friend Len was up the bat, and my brother Chuck was the bat catcher. I threw such a wild pitch over Len's head, plus Chuck's too, that it aimed straight right for the kitchen window and shattered glass all over the patio. We had been told not to play ball in the backyard numerous times, and if we were ever caught doing it, we would be grounded for the entire summer. So we had quite the situation on our hands to escape my parents' wrath from finding out. My brother Chuck came up with such a crazy goofball idea with a solution to our problem. We removed the kitchen window from the kitchen and replaced that window with the good bathroom window on the side of the house where the tomato plants grew beneath it. After all, they were the same size, but unbeknownst to us, Mr. Sutland had witnessed the whole thing unfold right before him. Then we came up with an unbelievable story as to why the bathroom window was broken as we switched both windows. Initially, I had gone over to Mr. Sutland's house asking him if he knew what happened to our broken window. Basically, I had to play stupid about this when I talked to him about the bathroom window and appeared really convincing, which I thought was easy. I asked Mr. Sutland if he knew why our bathroom window was broken, to which he replied, I seen you do it, Jasper. All of you, he fired back at us. I denied it, of course, walking back to the house, pondering at this point if Mr. Sutland really did see me do it. After that, I grabbed a bunch of different shoes and placed their imprints and the soles in the tomato garden. The reason for this was to make it look like somebody was standing there just above the bathroom window. The dumb thing I did was grab various shoes with different shoe sizes instead of one large pair. It didn't look right, but we had no time. We had to go with it. Then Chuck suggested I call the police and tell them someone tried to break into our bathroom and he might still be in our neighborhood. We used the old prowler story in this instant due to the fact that there had been a 
talk of a pervert prowling around at night at that time. Apparently, he had been watching all kinds of women undress as they got ready for bed. Furthermore, we used that story. It might even work under these circumstances. It was my brother Chuck who told the cops our story when they arrived at our house. He said he had been taking a shower, and I was downstairs watching TV when it happened, because I always cracked under pressure, quite frankly, especially if I was in trouble. That way, it looked like the peeping Tom had tried to look upon what he thought was a woman in the shower. A couple hours went by when the cops drove up to our driveway, and my brother gave them the story. Well, the police officer did his investigation, it didn't take him long to figure what happened, especially with the odd number of footprints, right? And the tomato guard. I was practically in tears. The one cop drilled me as to what went on. My brother Chuck tried desperately to stick to the script we rehearsed earlier. Our whole little predicament concluded, and the cops were so frustrated because we didn't give in to them. That Stockwood's finest was backing down our driveway. I'll never forget what my dad said to both of us. If I ever find out that this window was broken differently, you guys are grounded until you leave home. Got it? The following year, 1977, I was enrolled in middle school at D.M. Sutherland School. On the very first day, I met a shy reserve kid sporting a military-style breast cut. In fact, I asked him if he liked the Army, and that's why his hair was cut so short. But he just laughed at me instead. He turned out to be my best friend, Bobby Dollardice. I often visited him at his house after school sometimes, and he was my only friend back then, really. He was a good guy, but he didn't take any shit from anybody either. You could always find us chumming around together in the schoolyard, whether it was shooting the breeze or just mingling with the other boys and girls. As for the school, I excelled in the subjects of history, geography, environmental science, consumer education, home economics, and of course, sex education. My failures were typing, drafting, auto shop, and even math. In fact, my mathematics skills were so deficient, my mom decided I needed a math for a short time, which is out in Sweetberg, about 30 minutes from town. I pretty much sucked at phys ed when I got into grade 8 in middle school. When I tried out for the boys' volleyball team, they informed me I was too short. I was probably about 5'8 at the time, and still a bit undersized, so that they made me their assistant coach. Another foolish thing that took place at DMS was my two fights I got in. The first one was definitely a huge mistake. I bullied a short indigenous teenager one day, figuring I cowered over the shrimp by a large margin. Boy, was that dumb. As he dared me to throw the first punch when I walked up to a schoolyard that morning before class. I figured that was a good move on my part, but it turned out to be my fastest downfall. As I took a swing at him, aiming for his head, missing entirely, the next thing that transpired was this First Nations kid was on me like an attacking grizzly bear. I turned out all black and blue from that skirmish, but I learned my lesson, well, sort of. The second battle I had was more brutal and even life-threatening upon my opponent. I don't even know why it started, and I later discovered that someone had spread a rumor whereby I wanted to fight this looking new kid, Spike Vaughn, at school. That fight is one I won't forget, as it was the most vicious, deadly, and physically draining struggle between two individuals ever witnessed on the school ground. This extreme contest of two wills lasted for a good couple of hours. The fight consisted of kicks to the head, punches to the face, biting, and fingernail clawing, but the arms, legs, and ribs were some spitting. We both wanted to quit, but each time we tried, a larger group of kids surrounding us pushed us. Spike and I back into the battle ring. At long last, I had it with this class, so I just jumped up in the air and dropped down on my knees, aimed at Spike's back. Unfortunately, he turned around facing me instead of the ground. Conversely, as he turned his head to try and get out of the way, I nailed him exactly on the side of his right eye with my knee, my left knee. At that point, there was loud chanting, followed by dead silence with a blood-curdling scream from my adversary as his eye was hanging out of its socket. At the end of this day, Spike's parents were suing my parents, 
My enemy was rushed to the hospital needing emergency retina surgery. Luckily, I got off that one as it was determined that I fought in self-defense. Shortly after that fateful day, Spike and I became good friends from that incident. Speaking of fighting, a relatively unknown actor and writer won three Oscars for his portrayal of a down-and-out fighter who got a shot at the title. The film was called Rocky and went on to win Best Picture, Best Director, and Film Editing. Although the lead character, Sylvester Stallone, who actually wrote the script for the film, didn't win the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay, he was still nominated for it. Returning to what was going on in my life, there's yet another story of when I chipped my left front tooth for, the, for a second time. This big, dumb idiot, who was also a real bully, was showing off for the girls one day. Strange, but he was throwing pennies, of all things, at people in his line of sight. When I innocently walked by him, the thrown penny found its mark. The coin was thrown with such velocity, initially it sliced off a portion of my tooth again. Can you believe it? only in elementary school and the last one happened. I mean, what are the odds being in middle school and getting another chip tooth? And now a trip to the dentist, missing the rest of school that day. That was fun. Just before my 15th birthday in that summer of 1978, my mom and dad enrolled Chuck and I in a dude ranch north of Barrie, Ontario. It was their idea that this experience would teach us some responsibility, which we sure needed at that time, me especially. We interacted with horses both personally and physically on a one-to-one -one basis. The place was called Tamar Ranch, which was mainly for troubled teenagers. I had a horse assigned to me where I had to clean its stall, groom it every day, and watch for any ailments on the large animal. I learned to ride the animal properly and clean its hooves as well. Chuck and I slept in old western-style bunkhouses along with Saturday nights where we attended old country late and hold-down dance. I think the best part about that was meeting cowgirls from the other bunkhouses. My horse was called Buttercup, and Chuck's was Patty Ann. The painful lesson I learned there was that horse flies don't sting, they actually bite. So they're about as worse than any actual beasting that you can imagine. In many ways, the life the lessons that we learned at this ranch resembled the military. Thus, I became an early riser, so I fed and watered the horses with a real and valuable skill, mastering the art of horseback, where I became an extremely efficient rider as well. Back in the summer of 1979, we attended day camp as my parents were working a great deal, and they needed a break from us. In truth, they really couldn't afford a babysitter to come watch our every move on that day while they were off making a living. The concept was to send kids to camp every weekday until the end of June to the beginning of September. Every weekday morning at 7 a.m., my brother and I would walk down to the end of the street corner. It was only a block from our house, whereby waiting for the camp to back up bus. It was there that we met our first camp leader, Butch. But her real name was Lori. She was this long-legged tomboy, an older teenage gal who sported wild perm jet black hair, ocean blue eyes, a pair of cut-off shorts with a Camp Kadaka t-shirt, which waited for the bus with us on those mornings as Chuck and I were in awe of her amazing looks and often debated with one another who would be the first to marry her when they grew up. Shortly after, we were picked up by the bus. The driver headed out to the old ski hill, picking up other kids and camp leaders at various stops along the way. When we arrived at the camp, we were greeted by another 60 screaming and yelling kids, ranging from the ages of 5 to 16. They were split into groups according to ages and gender, which came down to six sets to choose from. They consisted of junior boys and girls ages 6 to 11, intermediates 12 to 14, as well as seniors 15 to 17. I aspired to become a senior, of course, as they were the ones that went on the two-day camping trips and fishing trips. They also built huge bonfires and trained to be CITs. Counselors in training. Who could forget those wildcat dances on every other Friday night? The music we were moving to back then was Saturday Night by the Bay City Rollers, Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street, and Stevie Wonder's Superstition. Thank just a few.
absolute best part about being a senior boy was every summer I asked a senior girl to go steady with me for that camp term. Going steady in those days meant holding hands, friends kissing, and if you were really lucky, copying a feel on the gal's breasts. That's the end. Next one is, this is one you won't miss. Chapter 8, Death, Day Camp, and a Porno. Another riveting podcast. Absolutely, from you guys. Um, you guys never cease to amaze me what you come up with and uh, remark. <laughs> That's what makes this thing fun. And uh, if you guys want to comment on Highway Freaks podcast, any of them, just send us an email, okay? Or, uh, you know, send us comments on Messenger. Or you can even send the comments uh, through uh, Spreaker Podcast or Amazon Music or Spotify as well. Uh, we do have a Highway Freaks Facebook page coming up real soon. I would also like to know that, uh, or let you guys know rather, that the YouTube first podcast of 2023 for Highway Freaks will be in February. And yes, we will be live in your face on video. Cannot wait for that. Okay. Hopefully RV Lisa will be back next week with her podcast, uh, her topic as well. And something we're going to add is the uh, celebrity death. Um, we are going to uh, do that as well, guys. Uh, we are waiting on it, and we decided that uh, we will get on with that. And um, got a little bit of a kind of a contest, a macabre contest, but uh, it's just something that we uh, Highway Freaks are going to try and do. Other than that, uh, if you guys got anything to add, any uh, pylon shout-outs or anything, I would I got to add a pylon shout-out. So, anyway, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, the uh, guys here that uh, were working on Bumpy. Uh, they've done an amazing job, and um, I can't mention the company I work for. Um, let's just say that it's like Tyson Food, okay? We'll leave it at that. But they're doing really wonderful work, and it looks like I'll be in Bumpy tomorrow night by 6 o'clock. So that's my shout-out. How about you, Jay? Well, actually, I want to give a uh, shout-out to uh, Deb and uh, Jonathan and Caitlin and Margaret for all the fantastic gifts no. that they gave me. For all the fantastic gifts they got me for Christmas. I mean, I mean, like a Fridge. 
you know, everything's good until... Okay, well, you have the last word, buddy. I'm going to give a red pylon shout-out to... uh, Actually, two red pylon shout-outs to both my mom and uh, my girlfriend. Um, My mom actually (laughs) just recently uh, found out that both of her freezers, you know, uh, kind of died out and uh she's having some issues on the work front as well so um i'm about to uh jump in to that part and you know help out but um man uh my girl is going through some things um we're not gonna we're not gonna discuss it on 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 this podcast but uh i do i might (laughs) i might have a surprise for everyone um she like man, I, I I swear, bro, I I I I'm just gonna be real as as I can right now. There's so there's there's days, right, uh, where uh people feel like they, they they need to take something, you know, uh extra, right? Um, I'm not talking Viagra or Cialis, so get that out of your mind, you sick. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, it's actually to uh increase your you know overall um hormone levels and whatever and i don't know she uh my, my my girl has had to literally deal with uh nights of me waking up and just like um you know not feeling really good so uh you know she's she's so understanding too and i i i, I don't know i just um um she's pregnant well i appreciate <laughs> what what I, I i i got a butt in the oven you got a funny no, I, I I I appreciate what what women have to go through. It's um it, it, not only is it not easy for the men to deal with, but it's not it's very really not easy for the women. So, I mean, if if I could say okay. anything on this podcast that's impactful right now, it would be to 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 the men, right? If 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 y'all want your 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 women uh, you know, happy and not all like hormonal and stuff, man. Go take go 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 take a trip out to like Banff or something, man. I I I highly encourage you to just um you know give her a little nice surprises and you you know just just do things to make her feel better. The, the, those emotions are never permanent, and you know just like us, you know they they also feel um guilty for you know being moody and stuff. So. You know, you, you always got to remember that we're all the same. The, the only difference is, you know, one's a male and one's a female. We're all people. Man, are you right? a, a chatty Kathy tonight? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, eh? uh, I, do have, I, I do have one question for um, the lovely Angie. Uh-huh. Okay, when you went to this pharmacist named Tank out of a white van, <laughs> after you took those medication, that medication, what color was the dragon that was guarding the fridge? It was um, multicolored. <laughs> and you hear that? Feeding your should, full bottle. Should have got some for Will. Should have brought some <laughs> for Will. Because, man, Will, 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 man. Will, 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 Will,